Murder! It's me. It's Adele. Adele. What yeah. the? Seriously, dude. What's 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 happened? You've changed. That, that's an E minor chord, mate. It's one of uh, E minor and A minor. Oh, two lovely chords. Do you want to hear an A minor? Yeah. Oh, Jose. Jose Slacken. <laughs> that's lovely, mate. I like that a lot. I like that a lot, yeah. Cool. I was lucky enough to be on a run retreat in Cornwall a couple of week- weekends ago. With saw a, that, yeah. With a very nice bunch. And we had a few glasses of wine one evening, got a little bit leery. And someone said, have you ever heard Adele singing a love song to the River Lee? <laughs> and I started rolling about laughing, going, but it's true. Have you heard it? Actually, not. a real song by Adele. I think it's on her second album. And she warbles on about her love for the River Lee. Well, she's a, she is a top, she's a Tottenham lass, isn't she? She's a Tottenham lass, mate, yeah. yeah. It's brilliant. Wow. So, yeah, we need to get her and Ronnie O'Sullivan, who I won't stop banging on about, into the Lee Valley next year, dude. Yeah, well, I mean... Uh, what a triage. That would be amazing. Absolutely yeah. amazing. I mean, uh, tickets are tickets are selling fast, actually. Absolutely, Lee Valley mate. 50k. Got five people in it at the moment, haven't we? <laughs> 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 Don't rumble it, Daz. <laughs> uh, uh, Epping, what, what was better, Lee Valley or Epping Forest? Oh, mate, it's like comparing your mum and your mother-in-law, isn't it? It's, uh, it's very difficult, dude. They were two very different races. Obviously, the, the underpass, the flooded underpass in Lee Valley and the, the mythical mist of Epping... Were, were both spectacular, weren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I actually thought that, well, what did I think about that? I thought two things. First of all, I tried to come up with all kinds of crazy schemes about that underpass, didn't I? I was you trying did. to, yeah. Uh, tug of war was my favourite. <laughs> tug of war. I was trying to apply some like climbing safety techniques. Maybe we can yeah. rope, the, rope the runners together. It would have been epic, our own, our own version of Western State in Welling Garden City. Would have been like Rocky Chucky. Uh, Rocky Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was another idea I had. Look, we're you know we've got an aid station at a canoe club. Maybe those, yeah. <laughs> maybe the canoe club can come with I've, some I've, canoes. I've and, never uh, seen someone least likely to offer us a canoe in my entire life. That that was never happening, was it? Which, but that would have been fun. Maybe we should do it, dude. Let's introduce it next year. Yeah. What, deliberately flood it? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) Oh, dear. Most people were all right with that, weren't they? Some some people uh, were a a little bit scared, understandably. I mean, it was only sort of waist deep. Uh, Anyway, you uh, did you get drug tested after Spartathlon? (laughs) I wondered what you were going to say after what. After your retreat in Cornwall. Mate, I'm fascinated by this. Are you saying that some people did? Uh, I think the podium places would get would get drug tested, yeah. But, uh, yeah, you were uh, 16 places off the podium, so... You no think, drug, I, was, no drug think I was high as a kite, yeah? On mountain fuel, yeah? Unnatural sources. I'm still fascinated by the, the drug scene in the ultramarathon world. I heard, I heard some stuff the other day. <laughs> I can't talk about it on the podcast. But yeah, I mean, are we getting to a more situation where the stakes are getting higher, Daz? I think when we first started in the ultramarathon world, the stakes were like, you know, a packet of tunnocks, wasn't it, for the winner? So not yeah, too yeah, much yeah. going on. But the stakes are high now, man. What's that? Yeah, I am. Yeah. Yeah. You can talk about that because that, uh, that was broadly publicized by, um, can't we talk about that? Well, can't I don't we? think so. Oh, we can. <laughs> we can talk about it. Maybe not not broadcast it. Okay. The backlash of some small sorts would be uh, unnecessary. Uh, so I was thinking more in terms of like uh, Dan and James Elson as to you know obviously when you're when you are potentially getting certain people entering your races and you think we've heard some some rumours, um, yeah. what what you would do, you know. Yeah, God. Well, I mean, 
<laughs> hopefully, hopefully we're not quite there yet as race organizers, are we? I mean, uh, yeah, maybe we should have some race rules written down on our website, right? We don't, we don't have that in the in the uh, FAQs yet, do we? It's more based nope. around uh, sort of public transport questions and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> How will I get to and from the start? What drugs do you allow? Yeah, but yeah, I mean, uh, performance of the year, mate. That was that was breakthrough for you, wasn't it? Oh my god, mate! It was um, it was something very special indeed, wasn't it? I mean, I owe so much to your brother, Jeff. Uh, I think we both do, don't we? Again, I mean, it's no surprise to us that the value of of impressive crew you know what what a huge change it can make you know i think once you you're you're stuck in the midst midst of a run and things are going well then it kind of gives you everything that you need to 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 kind of believe uh, and take it on so i think you know jeff kind of put me in that place you know i was sort of ticking along nicely thinking you know my b goal of a dream of doing a sub 30 started to feel more real, you know, but never thought I would be crushing sort of a 27 hour jobby until I was in the midst of that race. Yeah. It was something else. It's amazing, dude. He he probably had time for like almost a full night's sleep before he had to come back. (laughs) (laughs) That's not what it sounded like to me. And you're like crossing the mountain between the two of us, trying to sort yeah. out Pinnington and, and the crew was pretty, <laughs> pretty crazy sorts, wasn't it? Pretty full on there. Uh, what was your yeah. sort of, did you have a few peaks in that race or was there any one particular section where you were sort of flying along and particularly loving it? Or Oh, mate, there were, there were many. I mean, I think one of my... I think one of the standouts buddy and as you know there was there's a story behind this so the night before when we should have been tucked up in bed God, you we, keep saying this i didn't i know I, you for I, beer I didn't. About it, buddy but we went for a, you took me for a rooftop beer yeah and of course i was so weak i uh i was up for the beer and we, we met sir ian thomas didn't we yeah and yeah like ian was so plugged in as he always is to the race and what he had to do because he was about to do an uncrewed version. And he mentioned to us that there are so many sections which people mate, talk about. We just, uh, that Dan's arrived, mate. So that, hey! let's, let's, let's continue this conversation, but let's, let's have it with Dan. Seamless. Seamless. <laughs> He's joining. Hello. Oi! Hey. Hey, my video don't work. Is that a problem? Oh, no, nah, that's all right, mate. It's like no the, it's really bad, you, but you, yeah, it's probably it's just like a dark screen, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I can see you though. I'm gonna have, gonna have to Google image Dan, so there's huh? a picture of you in front of me. Yeah, oh, you know, you can uh, surely you've got it hasn't been that long, we haven't seen each other. Jesus, Dan, Dan how many times a day do you Google yourself? Do I Google myself? Yeah, yeah. Is it like 10 times a day? Is it a bit of an addiction? Uh, no, it isn't. No, I don't think. Uh, no, no, it's not 10 times a day. Most definitely not. How you know what times? I'm most, most pleased about, Dan, is that when you, when you put Dan Lawson, obviously the algorithm knows that we love you. But uh, so not to be confused with any other Dan Lawson. But I'm pleased to say the first image that comes up is you naked. Naked? Yes. It's, a runner's, it's a runner's world picture of you doing the epic, or to use the runner's world title, the incredible Land's End to John O'Groats run. It's new with your top off. Okay, I'm not fully naked then, huh? Well, because the picture, the picture just draws a line. You can't see what's beneath. Okay. There you go. Leave it to your imagination. Then. Yeah, yeah. Probably wasn't naked. Yeah, probably had a pair of uh, small skimpy shorts on. Yeah, yeah. It's it, uh, of course we uh, we watched and we loved the film. We can talk about this in a bit. But this picture that I'm what I'm staring at in front of me it does remind me of the bit where you um, were on one of the brutal A road sections, and there was you and Robbie. 
think you were just sort of clinging to something on the side of a road. You were having oh, a bit that, of a... that I know that picture. Yeah, what yeah. they want. It's on Robbie's like. It's like he's what his coaches or his coaching clients WhatsApp group picture. Yeah, the one where <laughs> we're kind of, we're kind of squatting together. Yeah. Mate, you are he's holding you from behind, isn't it? It's the perfect uh, catching competition. I bet did you ever imagine your wildest dreams, Dan, that you know you'd grow up to one day be the WhatsApp Robbie Britton picture? The being squat what is this like a squat slash spoon, isn't it? Sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um no, never in my wildest dreams did I. Yeah, yeah. Mate, absolute heaven. Yeah. Like I died and gone to heaven, yeah. It is, uh, yeah. Have to pinch myself every morning, and uh, yeah, really, uh, yeah, yeah. It's wonderful, isn't it? Yeah, I've made it. <laughs> Dan, I, I wanted, I wanted to kick off this uh, podcast by asking you perhaps the most important question, which is, as a fellow podcaster, is Dan, have you ever listened to one of Dan's own podcasts? No, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that means we can we can ask the same awful question we ask everybody else yeah, yeah i have meant to i'm sure i've meant to at one point but i'm not very good i listen to football podcasts that's it do you listen to the russell brand one the football one no i should do because he's west ham, he's west ham no, boy, yeah. so let me i listen to the the guardian football weekly and that's it uh kind of kind of podcast wise yeah so but no, I've never, I've never listened to yours. Yeah, I should do, shouldn't I? Yeah, I mate, won't listen to this. Just one. this episode, mate. Just this no, episode. No, it's yeah. terrible. I hate the sound of my. I can't. Yeah, the sound of my own voice. Yeah. Charlotte, do you know, listen. mate? Do you know? Do you uh, know that you're in the DUV? Your your running club is listed as West Ham United. Yeah, I did don't you know, know who did. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who did that. Yeah, I definitely didn't do that. But I did. Uh, I ran that Southampton, that race in Southampton the other day, and I forgot I put my running club down as West Ham United. So that when I think James sent me the results and it said uh, Dan Lawson Club West Ham United, yeah. So I don't know, <laughs> maybe it, I don't know, maybe it came from that. I do, uh, I do quite often put down West Ham. It asks you what your club is. Yeah, it's simple. The question, yeah. the answer, it, yeah. Davy Moyes, Davy Moyes, been in touch. Yeah. Not yet. No, no. no. David Moy's lawyer been in touch yet. <laughs> no, they'd be happy. I'm uh, I'm doing them proud, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's good stuff, isn't it, for West Ham at the moment. Amazing. Yeah. Blimey. Amazing. It's awesome. Dan, so we we are we're bona fide huge fans of uh your podcast, my friends. You know, you've covered off lots of stuff. You you loving the sort of podcast vibe? You and James, you still digging it? Uh, yeah, it's, yes. Uh, I just chat with him, don't I? It's just basically, it is just a phone call. Uh, and <laughs> uh, it is like that. James does everything else, and we we continually, I think, for the last I don't know, like six or seven months, we've spoken and recorded or not recorded a podcast. Uh, every three weeks or so but so we he rings me we record a podcast and then he messages me back uh five minutes after and said oh sorry i forgot to press record or <laughs> yeah it just happened it's been happening for like i think we actually managed to get one out there um a couple of weeks ago or something but it's been happening constantly yeah the technology uh, obviously, he doesn't put me in charge of the technology, and that's quite a good call. But yeah, he seems to struggle with it as well. So um, I don't know what you boys have got going on technology-wise, oh, but it's shocking, mate. Absolutely shocking. We, we can't. We've, be. we've even stolen your sort of like duo ship. So like Darren plays the sort of James, you know, the grumpy. Okay, yeah. You know, yeah. And I'm just, I'm just you, Dan, the good-looking. Just the twat, the twat, <laughs> <laughs> the talking twat. Yeah, yeah. Now, do, you, do you have a, a loyal fan base <laughs> for the podcast? James told us. James told me the other day that uh, we'd had 
like in ter- like the amount of downloads over yeah. the like couple of years or something. So not not including people who just press play, like the downloads. We were we were over half a million. Yeah. So um, wow. wow, that seems incredible. Like, yeah, it did seem for just two. Yeah. Yeah, but it's nice. Yeah, we I do. Whenever I'm at a running event, there's always someone that comes up and mentions the the podcast. Yeah, so um, yeah, it's 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 quite nice. Yeah, we should do more. Maybe yeah, we should yeah, do a co- yeah. a collab, a collab, um, like a yeah, a big one together. Yeah, that'd be good. Let's, wouldn't it? let's do it, man. Let's do it. There's a guy called Danny Easton. Who's a wonderful guy? He does a podcast called the Big Run Podcast. Mm-hmm. He is—he's uh, actually got some uh, quality kit, <laughs> and he—he's looking to do some podcasts <laughs> out at races. Dan, okay, maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe the four of us could get together, and Danny could like record us with some proper kit. That'd be nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be good. One of those big fuck off uh, microphones. Oh, mate, kind he's of got slightly... the boom intrusive yeah yeah it's good stuff i saw you on an instagram live the other day my friend with some guy i had to look him up again like killian he's called, called killian someone yeah did you check him up on duv yeah, what's his what's his club yeah yeah <laughs> he's got a new club hasn't he he has got a new club he, he started yeah, his own club I'm a bit disappointed he didn't um, announce his uh, departure from Salomon on our on our little rerun live. Yeah, that would, yeah. Have, that would have been good. He has but got mate, a new that club. Looked, that looked pretty special. That did Dan. Was that uh, a good little hook up there? Yeah, yeah he's. I. It's nice. Uh, it was nice interacting with him. He. Um, I came out of the experience like yeah, like feeling really good about like. He, saying to like charlotte like he gets it you know what i mean he does yeah and in terms of he gets it i mean like he you know in terms of like environmental issues and, and um yeah he seemed to really get it and he seemed to be really um like take his time like we didn't like beforehand he was quite he kept on messaging that asking you know what yeah what was what would be good for him to say what was the angle we were going for like he really cared you know and he and he he made yeah he he made an effort and yeah it almost seemed like he was like a like a little nervous as well before coming on yeah uh uh, which is quite sweet do you know what i mean considering like just what what a legend he is but um yeah yeah i I was I was impressed with yeah with with the fact that he he seems to want to you know make a difference which is which is cool for someone in his position you know it's, it's great that, that's amazing Dan, Dan do you think um do you think enough's been done by the running community do you do you feel like there's enough support of you know what you guys do with rerun and you know the other sort of um programs that are out there from the sustainability point of view is it sort of tokenism is it is it all on instagram or is there a movement happening here uh, i think there's a, a, a it depends what we're what we're defining as the running community i think there's there's definitely not enough being done by the by the brands that i suppose are encompassed within our our running community um i mean they're falling way 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 short of 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 what they should be doing and and pretty much every brand out there who implements like a uh, like some sort of sustainability practices or or um environmentally friendly products are are greenwashing yeah so yeah there's a lot to be done from the brands but as as us as runners it's really it's really hard because we're yeah i think runners runners we we start to you know the, the words getting out and people's attitudes and people's behaviors are changing but we're kind of we're led by these brands and the big race organizers and it's once they change it's really hard we can make small changes in our personal life in our in our in our running life but we can't make those big changes it's down to the brands and the and the like big mass participation race organizers to make to make the changes that really will make a difference basically 
Yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated by this. Actually. What's the biggest kind of, what are the sort of top uh, sort of items that are, that are causing the environmental pain Dan is it is it I mean I know you you guys do a lot with uh with running clothing like is it specifically tops or is it tops tops and and trainers and shoes or is it's it the way they're it. made yeah. yeah it's all of it and I think yeah what you it is the way they're made because the they're simply made. like simply but the thing is the manufacture of anything is is the biggest cost of like the, you know the, the carbon waste and water footprint it, it, that's where the man the manufacturer <coughs> is is the biggest cost and even if you're making recycled polyester t-shirts it's still the manufacturer of those t-shirts that that you know scars the earth you could say so it's you know it, the trainers the t-shirts it's the, the problem is we're making too many of them we're just making too many of them and there's not there's not the need for too many of those things. You know, the, the brands that have that cleverly marketed the want for all of these clothes, but there's not the need for, for all of these clothes. Like, the, for it, like I mentioned it, I think, on the, when we were chatting to Killian, like 66.3 million pairs of shoes were made every day in 2018. And I mean, every it's, day. It, every day, yeah. It's mind blowing, and that was in 2018. So I can assure you that the you know production and consumption hasn't slowed down, and it definitely hasn't gone down. So that figure will be yeah will be many more million are being made each day uh, in 2021. So it's just too much stuff. It's just too much stuff, basically. Yeah. Wow. God, that's incredible. I uh, just random. This is very random. One of my favorite purchases this year, actually, my wife purchased it. is uh, is a subscription to something called Oddbox. You guys heard of Odd Oddbox? Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. Carry on. It's a, Enlighten it's a, it's a, me. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's fruit and veg. So it's it's a fruit and veg box, like a delivery thing that comes every week or every couple of weeks. But basically, what it is is uh, is fruit and veg that is uh is odd or misshapen so it's, that doesn't it doesn't meet the so-called quality standards of supermarkets um there's, there's nothing wrong with it it's perfectly fine it just doesn't pass this kind of so-called quality test and basically what it means is that it would just get thrown away it would, it would just be left it would be left to rot if, if this company didn't um didn't kind of rescue it um, and deliver it out to to their to their customers, and yeah, it's it's amazing. I mean, the, the stuff that comes in this box is just like you just think, why, why is this? Uh -huh. Why would this otherwise go to waste? It's just incredible. So that um, yeah, just, that yeah. that sounds like a great scheme. But, but so yeah, like look at that from a running perspective. And so at least those vegetables, if they if they weren't arriving on your doorstep in your in your odd box. Would uh would decompose and kind of so. like you know they would rot like you say and they would they would offer some nutrients back to the earth so all of the yeah. all of the running gear that doesn't quite meet the expectations and there's a lot of it that doesn't even you know is manufactured and doesn't even get to the markets in the global north uh -huh. coupled with all of the running gear that people have worn for a year and now don't want doesn't rot at all it's still you know, it's still here. Like those 66.3 million pairs of shoes every day, they they haven't gone anywhere. They're still, wow. they're somewhere, you know, and ev every running shoe that e has ever been made is still somewhere on this earth. It has, they haven't decomposed. They might have been ground down, but yeah. they're, you know, they're little molecules of plastic are somewhere and they're not, they're not feeding nutrients back into the earth. They're kind of, poison in the earth so yeah it's just yeah when it's it's vast you know and it's hidden somewhere you know on 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 the earth and uh hidden out of sight yeah so yeah yeah we probably, we probably ship it off somewhere don't we which is horrendous really yeah i mean yeah most of our secondhand clothes end up in i think it's uganda uganda uh yeah, but that's yeah, another really. story yeah that's uh it's another story <laughs> yeah it's another 
we send a lot of our clothes off there and then it kind of ruins the um like the local clothing manufacturers out there and uh yeah it's uh yeah it's a massive kind of untold story about how our second can clothes continue to kind of rape the global south even when we finish them and we send them back but uh yeah, yeah. Well, it's fun this this chat, isn't it? <laughs> Dan, you, well, I know it's really, it's really interesting, mate. It's interesting. You, you're probably both familiar, aren't you? With so obviously, in terms of a platform, Strava is huge, isn't it? All these platforms have an opportunity, Dan, don't they, to do a source of good? But one of the things that's bugbeared me for a long time is that Strava do this thing where they, as a default setting, they'll say, "We'll send you a message." to tell you that your trainers have done 250 miles, yeah? Which mm-hmm. is basically what they're saying. It's a prompt for you to go out and buy a new pair of trainers. Yeah. And I, through your education, through Charlotte, through Rerun, I've definitely been challenging for a few years how many miles I can get out of my trainers. I think my record is about 2,000 um but are you are you i mean maybe we could do some form of league table are you kind of thinking what's what's a normal amount of miles dan we should be getting our listeners should be getting out their trainers um yeah well, i just it's hard to put uh to put miles on it isn't it because we all run so differently that's why yeah. that's why that thing i i think you've just got a i think we could all get much better at making trainers last last longer you know um we've got so used to people you know i mean like you i i get as much out of trainers as i can i'm i don't really log my miles and 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 kind of know like what shoes i'm wearing for what things but yeah i i I run in them until they you know they're like kind of fall into bits basically and then i'll patch (laughs) them up i'll patch them up a bit more and then I'll, i'll get a few more miles out of them because it is that our biggest, if if we want to disrupt the kind of the, the fast fashion and you know that whole industry, our the biggest power we have is to make our clothes last as as long as possible. And the the longer we we make our clothes last, the more sustainable they become. So if we buy a pair of trainers and run two hundred and fifty miles in them, they're, they're not they're really they're really kind of unsustainable they're, they're bad for the environment but if we buy their trainers and make them last for 2000 2500 miles they, they become like so much that their car the carbon footprint of, of that trainer becomes so so much less you know so yeah I, I think we just we've all got to try to yeah get a little bit more out of our shoes but it's a gradual it's a gradual thing as well. Like I think we have to we have to retrain our feet to run in shoes that are a little bit older because we're used yeah. to running in these super super like bouncy shoes. And I often say it's like I remember you know Ali Young, yeah, Ali Young. Yeah. Uh, so I remember going on a we went to a twenty four hour race. Um, it, this is a bit of a weird, this is a bit of a tangent story anyway, but <laughs> we, went, we went to a 24-hour race in China and I remember that she'd been flying business class and and she was saying how hard it was to, like we were in like, the normal seats and how hard it was for her to be in the normal seat. She was like, it's just not enough leg room and it's, oh, it's really hard work. And like, I've never been in business class. It was fine for me. I, I had enough leg room. It was fine. But it's it's the same with the shoes. We We're flying business class in these bouncy shoes you know and we've got we've forgotten what it's like to fly economy and you've just got to get back to like slow like gradually get yourself back to flying economy class and just you know make your shoes last 100 miles more and then the next pair 200 miles more and the next pair 300 miles more and and then they're they're fine you know does that make sense Does that makes sense i think it's yeah. hey, genius buddy Daz, it made me think we should do we should do an ultra with Dan where it's uh, mandatory to come in some really keep your clothing good. Yeah, that clothing because Dan, yeah, I've seen some wonderful stuff on your Instagram account where people have posted stuff that they had as a child, you know, mm-hmm. run in like their 
club fest there's some wicked vintage stuff out there like vintage culture we could yeah. promote a wicked race for that yeah we can have an old an old kit race can't we an yeah. old kit come, race. come and yeah. come and run in your like oldest you get some real good get a lot of like Ron Hill tracksters, those uh, oh, beautiful. yeah, those ones oh, with the little yeah. stirrups over there, yeah, and it'd be good, yeah, because it the important thing is functionality, isn't it? In 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 the kit that we wear, it's it's not like it's not like a fashion parade. The important thing is that it it works for what it for what we want it to do, and yeah, most of our old kit is yeah is is totally fine, yeah. But it's hard in the ultra world because you get these big mandatory kit, li- kit lists now, don't you? <laughs> you know, and it's. Uh, I was chatting to a good friend this morning, Dan Mark Kerry. He, like many of our friends, are going up to do um, the spine. Oh uh, yeah. You know, I mean, mate, that that is a serious bit of mandatory kit, isn't it? I yeah. Mean, you, you you have me buying a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that's that would be tough, wouldn't it? It'd be tough to. I mean, not impossible, but tough to wear old stuff. It's not keeping you warm. Yeah, well, I think it. I think it keeps you warm. I think the old stuff keeps you warm. It's just not light, isn't it? Yeah, that's uh, yeah. the first time. Well, no, the only time I did UTMB. I, I, um, Charlotte's uh, family live in uh, live near Chamonix, so we were staying with them, and I checked out the mandatory kit list, like uh, like a couple of days before. The race and I was like oh my god it's quite it's quite extensive I haven't got much of this stuff so like wandered into Chamonix to like try and get some waterproof trousers and like a some sort of jacket that I needed and yeah it was like that went into the Salomon shop and it was like 180 euros for a pair of trousers and I was like oh man I can't do that so I went round um Charlotte's uncle's like neighbours and kind of borrowed the mandatory kit, which meant that my waterproof trousers were like they were basically a pair of like fishermen's waders or something. <laughs> that was a, <laughs> they would have if I'd used them, they would have been fine, but they were just like a little bit heavier in in my bag. And everything I borrowed was that like, really old, but just kind of bigger and heavier. Yeah, and Amazing. you know. What does it, I don't know, like, does it make that much difference, like, carrying around, like, an extra few kilograms? I don't know. But, yeah. Yeah, the kit's a hard thing. I think it'd be nice to have some sort of, if someone was out there that was keen to develop it, like, some sort of app or or some sort of platform where runners could just, you can just borrow a kit. Yeah, Yeah, like, because not everyone's doing a race every weekend, so people have always got that mandatory kit kind of sitting in a cupboard it doesn't often get used it's just there for emergencies isn't it yeah so they can you know you can kind of lend it out to other people and then you can you can borrow stuff when you need stuff there um rather than rather than people buying really expensive stuff just just to sit in a in a little race pack yeah then it reminded me uh so we we met at the tooting 24-hour race in 2018 it was a really a crazy wet uh, mm. remember Dan you were there with James and, yeah. and the one, wonderful Michael Stocks and Paul Maskell both did electric times they you had a you had a very solid times. race yourself though yeah yeah man and uh, yeah you were there, you were you were being amazing, like cheering everybody on. And like I say, it was because it was quite cold and wet. I had quite cold hands and you being a caring soul, you 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 gave me a pair of the gloves. pink gloves. <laughs> pink, <laughs> you even remember pink recycled <laughs> gloves. So far, fast forward to uh Spartathlon, where where there was the uh, the Zorba year, which Darren ran. Uh-huh. And we we were in uh, we were in a restaurant, as you know well, the night before um, the Spartathlon race. And our dear friend Nathan Fleer was there in his short shorts and vest, with no no winter, no storm gear. So um, <laughs> I kindly lent him the the pink gloves, mate. Oh, wonderful! They, they, yeah. did, they did a world tour. He smashed it in the pink gloves. Did he give them back, or was he passed no. them on to someone else? Yeah, hey, okay. Times, and you said he'll never give them back. He loves them. Yeah, yeah. No, well, hopefully he's passed them on to someone else. Yeah, they can have a little, uh, 
yeah, a little journey of uh, ultra races around the world. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. But only only ultra races where it's uh, there's like ferocious rainstorms. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, yeah. And we need to get That's them down there for someone someone at the spine. Yeah, some pink gloves. Probably, probably wouldn't be on the kit list. Yeah. We should talk, let's let's talk about some of your running, Dan, because I'm I'm fascinated to ask you some some stuff. We, we kind of hear from you know hear from you as a sort of podcast presenter yourself, but um, uh, I'm fascinated to ask you about your own your own career. So the first um first time I met you, or first time David and I met you, was in 2015 actually, and we. I don't think we saw you during your running of Spartathlon that year, but we, <laughs> I've got a very clear memory of speaking to you um, outside the mayor's lunch the day after Spartathlon. Um, and you were, um, this, is, this is going to sound a bit, uh, a bit sycophantic, but I'm not kidding. You were, you were the person who 100% inspired me into, into, long, into running long ultras. I just thought, that this you, you it was it was you were incredible you were absolutely amazing if that swat can do it anyone no. can yeah <laughs> no. No, you, mate you were you were just like that what you did that year at Spartathlon was just off the church i remember standing there thinking bloody hell like this guy has been doing this stuff for years and years and years and he's absolutely he's just shit hot shit hot as it and yeah, it was incredible. But now, and I've I've always thought that actually. But look, but now I look back at your TUV, you actually just you pretty much burst onto the scene in um, in twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen for off the back of not not very much big stuff at all. Um, so yeah, where did that come from? You just sort of came out of nowhere actually, and into winning GUCR and and coming second at Spartathlon. Just uh, yeah, yeah. Beginner's luck, uh, no. <laughs> beginner's <laughs> luck. There's no beginner's luck about those about those performances, mate. So you've still got the course record at GUCR from that from that year. Yeah, I think just, it's. Yeah. Uh, I think you. I mean, obviously, I mean, you guys are very experienced as well. But it's uh, it's much easier to run ultras when you don't really know what you're doing. <laughs> you, you you agree? But you because you don't know, like you don't know. You you don't know the pain. You don't know the the like how hard it can get mentally. You don't know. So those first few races are always kind of I don't know. They're they're they're, they're a little bit easier, aren't they? I don't, I don't know if you right. agree with me. You just kind of um, yeah, you just kind of crack on with it. Um, like yeah, those first few races, I didn't. I had no kind of idea of like what pace. Like I. I should be running to to be able to sustain it for that. I just kind of ran and it, um, right. and yeah, and then it kind of worked. I suppose it's a lot easier. I think yeah. I remember like Spartafel. I never, I never had a, a watch. I didn't have a watch on, or so I had no idea what what pace I was running. I was just kind of yeah running till I I couldn't run anymore. And I did get to that point at about I don't know two two hundred kilometers or something and managed to kind of struggle struggle in a little bit um but yeah i think it, it, it's easier at the start isn't it it just uh i think you can you can run as well when you've got a bit more experience but it's it's definitely harder because you yeah. kind of you put pre, you're prepared for what's coming you know, you know that, coming, that pain yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. who were your fatherly figures then who got you who, as Darren mentioned, I mean, who who turned you on to Spartathlon, and you know, who who sort of helped you in those early days around getting your head around ultra marathons and big runs? I think uh, there wasn't really anyone. Yeah, I think I was I was really like I was saying, I was quite really kind of naive to it. I was just out there, yeah, just 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 kind of running. Uh, later on, uh, I mean, I think just before Spartathlon, when I when I qualified to run like GB for 24 hours, um, Richard, Richard Brown, um, who a complete, uh, legend himself. Uh, yeah. A real legend, you know, in, in, in ultra running, um, was around, um, and kind of 
egging me on. Yeah, you know, I, I suppose he'd. Uh, I don't know if he mentioned that I should try. He definitely said to me, "Go and look, go and run Grand Union Canal and see what you can run yeah. at Grand Union Canal." And he was there crewing for me at, at Spartathlon. Yeah, so. Ah, um, oh, was he there? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was there. So he, um, him, and Charlotte uh, crewed. Yeah. Um, and Rich is good, like, he's like, yeah, what would you describe it as? Tough love or tough love, yeah, like, he, uh, yeah, he just tells you <laughs> he's from the age of ultra running where you just, yeah, you just, yeah, got out there and you're on the old tracksters and ate a, ate a cheese sandwich and had a sip of tea and, like, yes. Yeah, ran the ran the length of the country, sort of thing, yeah, like, oh, no, yeah. no nonsense, and if you're What's like that Monty? Was it Monty Python when it's only a flesh wound? That sort of, you know, like your <laughs> foot's hanging off. But just carry on, you'll be all right. Sort of. Uh, so, yeah. But he's he's been, yeah, quite a instrumental in kind of guiding me in the kind of races earlier on. Yeah, when the races, the races to go. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's um, amazing. Yeah. I mean that that G that that GUCR where you where you went and and won that and set set a course record which which still which stands to this day actually and um I mean that's just looking at that result that's incredible that so you and and Mark were only you were only sixteen minutes apart um, at the end um, which in a canal race is bonkers absolutely bonkers yeah I think I I, I just got lucky I think on that day that Mark that Mark was running, yeah, because because again it was just let's just go out and run. And it just so happened that, that Mark was running like a like a crazy. I, actually, I I was aware that we were running too fast at the start of that race. I remember saying to Mark, "This seems like this seems like a little quick," you know, as as we were running together and and yeah, I think he was agreeing, but just carrying on running. He'd just right. come off running like a. What like a sub twelve hour hundred mile, hadn't he? Like a few, a few uh, like a month or so earlier. So he and he's oh, wow. super, like super fast. Like and yeah, so I kind of just ran along with him, and then I don't know what happened. Got like a little bit in front of him, and then you're it's that thing where you're kind of running scared, isn't it? You don't want to be overtaken, so you just yeah, without going without Mark there. <laughs> Yeah, there's no way I would have run. I would have run that time, and it's such a pity because I think after that, Mark um, got injured, and he hasn't really run like any big distances since. And then he no. he had the potential, well, not even the potential. He already, you know, he was running sub twelve hour hundred miles on the track. It, he he would have been like the you know one of the legends of of ultra running in, in this country. He was, he was so, so good. You know, he, he would have like blown away record after record. And it's just such a pity that, um, yeah, he had, didn't really get the chance to do, to do more than that kind of, um, that, that track race. And then, yeah, like yeah. totally smashing that Grand Union Canal, but then finishing, yeah, finishing second. And it's, yeah, like going well under the course record and still, like, yeah, but uh, it gets forgotten, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing, yeah. Dan. Dan, you took on the six-day challenge, didn't you, um, the other year, buddy? Uh, you mentioned the legend, Richard Brown. I mean, is that something that kind of peaks where where you go next with some of your challenges? Do you love, are you sort of drawn in by sort of, you know, history and some times or...? Yeah, yeah. So one thing I'd still, yeah, I'd, I'd really like to go back and do more six-day races. Yeah, I love, yeah, that, the history behind that six-day race. It's it's massive, isn't it? It was like the one of the biggest sports of the day, like what a hundred years ago or something. It was it was huge, and the crowds that used to go and watch it was huge, and we kind of like forgotten that history like completely you know like other sports have taken over haven't they and uh yeah I, I can't believe i'd love there 
to be a six-day race in this country. I, I just don't understand why. There's so like there's every there other go, format. Dave. Yeah, yeah. Let's make <laughs> it happen. Like there's, I, I'd love to make it happen, but also I want to run in it as well. So, but like there's there's a format of every every bloody race you can do. You know, like a I don't know. Like we were at a, a race last weekend. Everyone's dressed up in. Santa outfits and eating mince pies. There's a there's obstacle races. There's turkey trots. There's wedding day. Set. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I'm just walking around rerun. You can just read the t-shirts. But there's not a six day race in this country. Why not? Like it that it you it was so big in this country, and it's just yeah. I I'd really love there to be one, and I I really like the. I mean, you know, from spending time on the 24 hour. Can you call it a circuit? Like the kind of, you get some, yeah. it's really quite niche, isn't it? Like, you know, like you, yeah, you get some real, real fun and lovely characters there, you know, from like the Jeff Olivers to the, to the Rosses and Brian's and Paul Corduroy's, you know, some really great, great characters. And the six day race, you take those characters, you take them up another notch and it gets like, it's even more, <laughs> It's even more niche, like oh, it's just, uh, and yeah, I, I just, yeah, I'd, I'd love, I'd love to run over a thousand um, kilometers in a in a six day race. So I think I'd, that's something I'd, yeah, I'd still a target I still have basically, yeah, um, yeah. But less, yeah, less. I'm always thinking like walking past places and trying to. Like think of places where you could have a six-day race happening. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's over that's over a hundred miles a day, isn't it? For six yeah. days, yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> yeah, there's not. I think there's only five people that have, have ever have ever done it. I think, um, and one of them's um, James James Zaraya. Yeah, Zaraya. Yeah, who. Yeah. Went a cup, I think, one thousand and two kilometers. So yeah, so one yeah. of our uh, one of our GB runners has done it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, It'd be and cool, obviously, yeah. uh, Dan, you mentioned twenty four hour. That's that's obviously been a been a huge part of your of your career. Like, um, is there is there more coming from you at, at twenty four hour, or is that? Uh, I don't know. Is it's like a dusted now, or. It's like it's always calling you, isn't it? It's just such yeah. a weird. It's like some. <laughs> it is like I don't. It's, like it's hard to explain. It's like me and James always end up talking about twenty-four hours. It's like a. It's like having a like an addiction problem or something. But it's almost yeah. like a. It's some sort of I don't know like, some sort of supernatural spirit. I almost vision like see a twenty-four hour race as some lady that's calling you back to her like kind of some kind of half evil lady that's calling you back for I, I don't know it's yeah I haven't run one for a while and decided like to try and have a break from running them because I think uh Grant Grant McDonald who runs with the, with the GB team he describes it really well he's like each time you run a 24, you you give a little bit of your soul. Like it, you, it, and it's true, yeah. I mean, you've run them, yeah. You agree. There's a little bit of you that's taken away, you know. But oddly, that you just want to go back. You want to try and, and it's only that race. It's such a weird format. Yeah. You you always so, yeah. I haven't run one for a while, and but I will definitely, yeah, go back and run them because I don't. I'd love to be able to say I've conquered that race format, but I haven't because you have a good one and then you have just a absolute nightmare implosion one. And then you run okay again. Then you have a good one and then, and then it all falls to bits again. I, I'd like, I keep on saying it. I, I want to run, run three like consistent ones in a row. And then I feel like for me, I've not, uh, yeah, well, yeah, I've done all right because like a one-off performance is not. Yeah, it's not. I mean, you look at Alexander Zorokin now. He, he's obviously. I mean, he's he's a different level, but he, he now regularly he he's beating the format. Do you know what I mean? He's beating that that lady yeah. that's calling him in, saying, "Come and come and race." And there's not many people that consistently 
you know, run well at 24s. They'll run a good one and then they'll run a not so good one. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah, well, I want to be attacking Jeff Oliver's uh, 24s in, uh, you know, when I'm like 85 and stuff. That For me, that would be, <laughs> that's the dream. Yeah, that's that's a bigger dream than running a thousand kilometers in six days. It's to be running, you know, to be part on that tooting track when I'm like, yeah, 80 or 90 running 24 hours. Uh, definitely. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. I was listening to a really good podcast a while back with with Robbie, actually, Robbie Britton, chatting to the guys from the Dirt Church Radio. And Robbie was specifically answering questions about the 24-hour format. And he mentioned um, Yanis, Yanis Koros. And he was saying the thing, in his opinion, that made Yanis such a great was that he could eat well for 24 hours. Uh, uh, especially I remember Robbie mentioning bananas. And we we infamously went on a night run with you, Daz. Um, and I remember myself and Daz, and then Bryn, Bryn turned up from a Christmas party. <laughs> we, we had enough food to feed an army for a week. And you ate one marshmallow. Yeah, it was lovely, hours. though. <laughs> I always thought, is, is that your Achilles heel, like feeding for big events? I mean, what did you eat in a six-day event, Dan? Like six um, yeah, I think it's interesting because I think it is my Achilles heel, but it's also a massive advantage as well. If that makes like sometimes, yeah, I don't, I don't eat much when I run, and it's interesting being coached by Robbie because Robbie is a real advocate of eat. You know, the more you eat, the the more you can go, the faster you can go. And and I mean, Robbie, Robbie does these like long distance bike races um, that last. Some of them last for six days. And he on the WhatsApp group, he sends us like what he's eating, and it is just <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it really interesting was running across Jordan with Robbie because. We're like two, we're like completely like different ends of the scale. So Robbie eats a lot, man. Like he runs and eats a lot. Like he was going through like, I don't know, like 20, 20, 25 bounty bars like a day and stuff. It was just, it was just mental. And whereas we were, we were both running the same, but I was, I was kind of, yeah, maybe I drank a little, a little bit of, of some, like a sports drink or something and then I might have a couple of peanuts um and yeah it's I don't know it's yeah I think on the longer races when I'm trying to push it um like like those 24 hours yeah if I it might be an Achilles heel yeah because when it gets to like those implosions when it gets to like 20 hours and stuff maybe it is because I haven't ate enough but I think it does it can help not having to worry too much about what you're eating and like, like carrying loads of food and, and like thinking about, I need to eat this now. I need to eat that now. It, it helps as well. It's an advantage. You can just totally zone out and, and run. And uh, yeah. So yeah, an advantage and a disadvantage. Yeah. Dan, have you but, seen the um, Netflix documentary called 14 Peaks? No, I haven't. No, but Charlotte oh started God. to watch it, and James was talking about it, saying, uh, "Yeah, saying yeah, that it was brilliant as well." Oh, yeah, mate. you and the central character Nim, you're like two two rare peas in a pod, my friend. And um, there's a there's a there's I mean, it's a wonderful documentary. There's a great quote in there, and actually, the quote got shared by do you know Martin Cox, uh, VO2 Max coaching? No. Okay, Martin's an interesting guy. And he shared this quote saying that, so the quote from from 14 Peaks is like, when you think you're fucked, you're actually only 45% fucked. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and this guy was sort of saying that, you know, obviously this guy's traversing the 14 highest 8,000 meter peaks in the world, you know, and it's it's just insane what he's capable of, of, of doing. But I get, it made me think about you and it made me think about Le Jog because I don't think many people really have 
taken themselves to that point of real exhaustion, you know, and perhaps wrestled with the how fucked am I and what more have I got to give? And clearly you have, buddy. I mean, to to achieve what you achieved with the jog, having seen you firsthand run right through the night and get almost limited rest and have to go again. I mean, how do you do it, Dan? How do you wrestle with that kind of... Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, keep on uh, going. It's weird because, like, yeah, I'm... I, like, it's a, it comes down to... I was thinking about this the other day, yeah, because I'm I'm going to do in like May. I'll I'll attempt to do that three peaks again, which yeah. is like up and down the three peaks and running between them. And I'll and yeah, I was I was kind of I was running the other day and trying to like get my head into you know kind of just visualizing that again. And I was thinking about that joggle, and um, I think it comes down to that I don't know that naivety or. Like, I don't know how I got myself, like especially that second time round on that on that joggle. I I I can't remember. You know, I don't know. Like it's funny because your mind blocks stuff out, but like how I had the will to actually get myself up in the morning and start running again, especially on those last kind of I don't know two or three days. And um, yeah, I don't I don't know how. I was doing it, yeah. I was so fucked at the night time. I mean, towards the the end of like the last kind of like I don't know, like two days left. I was after the after I'd finished running, I was like passing out, like quite like fainting in the in the hotel rooms, like having to be like literally not being a diva. Like they were having to carry me as soon as I finished. <laughs> as soon as I finished running, they'd have to. Yeah, they would. I mean, I probably could have walked, but it would have taken forever. Like, and then, like, time is quite precious because you know you've got to get up and run again. So, yeah, I was being carried everywhere. I was passing out. I was fainting. I was, you know, <clears throat> like hardly eating much in the evening, but I was still managing. I don't know how, yeah, I was still managing to get up and, like, run again the next day. And, yeah, I don't know, like when I was thinking about doing that again, because I suppose you know the pain now. It's almost like your body doesn't want to push you there again. I, I, I don't know. So you've just got to have a strong will, haven't you? Yeah. Um, and maybe, yeah, I think definitely then, that. With, with, the, with Le Jog and, and the previous juggle attempt, was there was there something about, um, like that sort of emotional connection with with Richards uh, and and Don Don Ritchie that that that, that pushed you. You think that you wanted to um, that you wanted to do it because Richard had done it. Was there I something think, in that? No, I think. Well, I know that the my pull the second time the thing that was getting me up in the in the morning and making me run was it was the fact that I didn't want to let especially like three people. So I didn't want to let Charlotte down. I didn't want to let Mick down and I didn't want to let Richard down. And it was more because I put them through it like Robbie as well, but Robbie hadn't been there. You know, when I tried that the first time. Yeah. So I'd kind of put them through, like they'd given so much that first time, like seven, seven days of well, longer of their life, you know, and uh, to, to help me. And I couldn't, I just couldn't do that to him again. Or I, so it was, yeah, the pull was just to do it. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't anything personal, like beating a record or doing, or it was just not letting those three people down. And that that was yeah. the drive that, um, that that got me there. Yeah, so it must have been a strong drive, yeah, because it was, I did, I was completely fucked uh, uh yeah, in those last two days. So, but yeah, I totally know yeah. that's that's what got me there. And I suppose it depends how strong that that will is, isn't it? And what what it is inside you that that's that's getting you up and and pushing you through. And yeah, it just it just has to be a, a strong will. And I was lucky that I kind of I kind of latched onto that because that that got me through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were yeah, you 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 definitely put. Uh some some watchers through i mean i'm sure your your crew have gone through a massive ringer um, with you 
on those on those trips. But there's there's loads of people there's loads of people dot watching as well. And I can remember very specifically two of your things dot dot watching and just like oh my god, just willing you on so much. Like one one was the the last uh, probably the last thirty six hours of Le Jog because. Uh, your average, you're, you know, you'd been totally smashing it, and you, 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 know, you smashed the whole thing. You'd been smashing out the park. You've been, run, you've been running, like you've running solidly for like seven and a half days, and then all of a sudden, the average pace dropped fairly significantly <laughs> down to, like, and it was clear that it was, oh shit, this is a grind now. And I spent, yeah. I spent, I spent thirty six hours basically going right. If he can just keep, if he can just keep going at like three and a half miles an hour. He's gonna do it, and it was just oh, it was so close, and yeah, it was incredible. And the yeah. other one was when you were doing your six day race in uh, in in I think it's Hungary, isn't it? That Balaton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's like you were second for the entire week behind the Italian guy. I woke up on the last day just kind of watching the tracker, and I was like, and you were something like I don't know how far behind the Italian guy you were, maybe like forty kilometers or something. And yeah, I, I think that... I woke up. Yeah, on that last day. No, I, yeah. yeah, I think I ran. I think I was eighty kilometers behind him. He had a was good, he had a good lead. Yeah. Jesus, <laughs> I remember just watching that. Like it was like twenty. Yeah, it must be like twenty hours to go. And I just, I just remember thinking, Dan's gonna get this guy. I, I just know it. I know Dan's gonna get this guy. And I just spent the whole time just watching the track. I go, come on, Dan, come on, Dan. And it was amazing. He just unwound and unwound and unwound him. And uh, oh, uh, talk about dot watching. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, it was interesting. That was it was good fun. That um, yeah. So like you say, it was six days. And on the last day, he was ahead of me, so far ahead of me. And on the last day, yeah, he started getting a little bit slower. Obviously, it wasn't me like getting loads faster, but it, it then it kind of surged me on and. And yeah. then he, yeah, he, he really started imploding and then he started limping a bit and I felt kind of bad. And I, so I knew that I was going to, you know, it was enough time and I was going to overtake him. So he was, his English wasn't great, but kind of through his coach and through Google Translate, <laughs> we, I kind of spoke to his coach and I said, look, we've been out for six days. This is like, we've both, you know, it's been hard work. Let's, let's both get to 900 kilometers. I said, I said to him <laughs> and let's, let's just stop together and let's just say it's a it's a draw so I had this you know because he he helped me like after day two he he kind of helped me he told me to stop running everywhere and walk little bits and do this so he he's quite experienced and he said look do this you'll you'll last a lot longer if you do this so so I was like let's let's just do 900k and we'll stop and and we'll both we'll be joint winners and and his coach and and uh, and the chap the Italian chap were like yeah that's great good idea that's brilliant let's let's do that so we ran our 900 kilometers and actually I ran I'd overtaken him I didn't realize and I'd gone I'd I'd done more than 900 so I actually ran I ran I, it was like a kilometer loop I remember running backwards on the loop to try and I was thinking to uh, to undo my kilometers so I could <laughs> finish finish with him anyway so he did his 900 and I, it didn't it didn't work running backwards through the timing thing and anyway so I, I was on 902 or something and then we like hugged and we're like yeah brilliant you know there was like four hours left or something until it finished and and then I went into our little hut and I was, you know, I was thinking, oh, I'm done now. I was four hours left and we're finished. And then I look out the window and he started running round again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I'm like the little fucker. <laughs> he's agreed to stop. And now he's and now he's off again to try and get the win. So and that made me like from being like finished i was like that it, like something stirred up that competitiveness stirred up inside me so i was like right you're not fucking you're not getting away with that so i um uh, yeah i That's got back that. out there and just ran and then my pace like really increased i was just lap, lapping him and lapping him and lapping him and, uh, <laughs> yeah that's, so, that's the beautiful ultra marathon community we're always talking about. Yeah. The fucker. Yeah. <laughs> Back out there again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was quite hey, funny. Dan, you're an absolute legend, my friend. Dan, where, where are we going to see you next, buddy? Where are you racing? Which, where are you going to oh, be God. hanging out and events wise? Oh, oh, I always try to get as many as, actually, it's cold at the moment, isn't it? Actually, I've got a race this weekend. I'm on the, 
I'm racing around. It's near where my dad lives around, so I'm going to see him and doing a like 83 mile on the north Norfolk coastal path. Oh, lovely! Um, yeah, Brilliant. well, it is lovely. Yeah, but it starts as the sun goes down, and you oh, like and the aim is to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it will be lovely, but quite dark. Yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm racing there, and then. Yeah, then I'm really excited because I'm I've entered the Manchester Marathon, so I'm gonna try and do a good block of marathon training and and try and like properly run a marathon as well. So, but that's in that's in April, and and then hopefully just you know a, a month after that I'll I'll try and do the the Free Peaks again. Yeah. So, right. but yeah, I'll try and get to uh, a few races. What about yourself? What uh, what are you doing? Uh, I'm supposedly doing the arc at the end of January. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So I should be down at the arc. James is James is doing it, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Are you doing the hundred uh, or the? I'm in. I'm in for the hundred, mate. Yeah. 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 Nice. Yeah, That's James, another. James yeah. It's another it's quite beast. dark one, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Dave? What's next for you? I am doing the Pedders Way with several of the Camino tribe in January, which oh. is. A large part of the same route that you're doing, Dan. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. It's on the it's on the same map. Yeah, same map. Yeah. Then Daz and I are in the South Downs Way Hundreds. Oh, in nice. June, uh, mate. We will definitely come out if we can and support you and run with you if that's allowed on your event, dude. That'll be pretty special. So yeah, it'll be a nice way to start the year off next year, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you need uh, paces. Uh, on the north, uh, the South Downs as well. Me, yeah. uh, me, 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 me. No, don't go with him. Don't go me. with him. Go with me. Go with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whoever, whoever gets there first. Whoever gets to that. Uh, oh, I love Washington that. I love whatever that first. Yeah. Whoever gets first to Washington. All right. That's yeah. A, that's a challenge. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Wicked, mate. Nice one, cool. mate. Thanks so much. That's all right. Nice to chat to you guys. Always, always a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Love you, dudes. Take great care of yourself.